You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville local lead pastor, Joe Kuyar. Well, I am excited uh, to be here this morning. My name is Joe, and I get the honor of kicking off a new series called Fear Not new series called Fear Not. So we're going to be talking in, this, in the course of this series, we're going to be talking about fear, we're going to be talking about anxiety, we're going to be talking about worry. And the thing is, is that there are many things that can cause us to be afraid. I mean, there's, there's a whole list of things. If you want to start like diving into different fears that, that people have, there's so many things that can cause us to be afraid. But God regularly is telling his people to fear not. And why would God tell his people to fear not when there's so many things to be afraid of? And that's because there is peace that shows up knowing that God is with us. And so that's kind of the container for what these next couple weeks are gonna be in this series uh, called Fear Not. Now, let me ask a quick question. Who in here has experienced fear in their life? Okay, yeah, that's, that's everyone, right? I think, and honestly, if you didn't raise your hand, uh, no condemnation, but you're a liar, right? Real talk, real talk. So, everyone has experienced fear. It is a universal thing. It doesn't matter what your upbringing has been. It doesn't matter like what country you're from. It doesn't matter socioeconomic uh, background or present. You've experienced fear, right? And I'm a big containers person. I love trying to understand things. When I have information, I have to place it in a container. And so when I knew that we were gonna be talking a little bit about this subject, I started diving into and trying to find a good definition for fear. And this is the best definition I've been able to find. Fear is a basic emotional response to a perceived threat or danger. Fear is a basic emotional response to a perceived threat or danger. Now, the word perceived is incredibly important in that definition because something may show up and we, you know, we may or may not be worried about it, but how we perceive it will determine essentially what happens. Now, there's this, this mechanism that you guys probably have heard of called fight or flight. And that's what fear triggers. When, when we are afraid, fear triggers this mechanism inside of us that is fight or flight, and we choose essentially to either, if there's an obstacle, we choose to face that obstacle, or we choose to run away from that obstacle. Now, today I want to talk about one aspect of fear, and it's, this aspect is so common in our culture that I feel like it is most of the time completely overlooked and completely ignored. According to the World Health Organization, Americans have a bigger problem with this issue than any other people in any other country in the world. And America is traditionally considered a very affluent country. So the most affluent society in the world is also the most worry-filled society in the world. We're gonna be talking about worry today. And by the way, what a horrible thing to win. Like, if you're gonna be good at something, let's not be great at at being the most worry-filled society in the world. According to Barner Research, about 60% of adults in the United States struggle with worry and stress daily. 60%. That's a high number, guys. If you look at this room, if you look at this room, that means over half of you 
struggle with worry and stress daily. And the reality is, is that even as I'm talking today, you may have something that is on your mind. There may be a family situation that is really on the forefront of your mind or a job situation or a doctor's appointment. And by the way, if you feel that way, you're, you're in good company. There's a lot of people that feel that way. The thing is that we were not designed to worry. And when, when something shows up and we start worrying a little bit about it, because of sin and because of our separation from God, our default is that we move towards fear and not faith. We weren't designed to do this. Actually, we were designed in a way that, that in the garden, if you look at Genesis 1, we were designed where God would supply all of our needs in abundance. But because of sin, when things show up and we get worried, we default towards fear and not towards faith. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be kind of interchanging some words here, um, and I wanna kind of make sure that there's enough separation between them so that we, we really understand what we're talking about. What is the difference between anxiety and worry? They're related subjects, and in a lot of ways, um, they, they tend to overlap over each other, and you need to understand that I am definitely not an expert, so <laughs> let's start there. I'm not an expert on this stuff, and I know that this is possibly an oversimplification of these concepts, but the best way I know how to describe this is that we tend to experience worry in our minds, and we generally ex experience anxiety in our bodies. We experience worry in our minds, and we generally experience anxiety in our bodies. Worry, generally, is often something very specific. And anxiety, when you're, when you're anxious about something, can be a lot broader, right? Uh, tomorrow, I'm flying out of the country to the Dominican Republic uh, with, with Pastor Jeremy, and we're, we're actually uh, meeting up with a missions organization down there to investigate if we're gonna partner with them. And I don't, this is the thing, I know some of you guys are like pros when it comes to international flying. I'm not that guy, all right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't fly often. I'm, I'm definitely not a pro with it. And a good example of this is I may be worried about losing my passport. By the way, I'm always worried about losing my passport. I don't know if you're this way. I have a bag. I put the passport in this pouch in the bag and every five minutes. <laughs> is it still there? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. <laughs> like, did it move? Like, I don't know if you remember, like, some of you guys may remember, like, paper tickets for flights, right? Man, all the time, I have to, like, I'm checking, <laughs> do I have my paper tickets? <laughs> you know, I'm just going through my mind of this. That, that's worry, right? Worry is something very specific aimed at, at, at a very specific set of circumstances, right? But the thing is, I'm generally not anxious about flying. Like, I, I'm fine with getting in a plane. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. And that's some of the difference between worry, feeling worried and, and being anxious, is that anxious generally is something that's a little bit more broad. Now, I want to pause and take an aside real quick and talk about this. Mental health in the church. Traditionally, um, over the years, the Capital C Church has done a very, very poor job in regards to mental health. Uh, there's a lot of times either there's one path that is just not even acknowledged, like maybe, maybe if, we're, if we're like ostriches and we stick our heads in the ground, we can ignore it and things go away, right? Or there's another path that is, well, you feel anxious, you should pray more. Um, but generally, the church overall has just done a very poor job of dealing with mental health stuff. I wanna say this, and, and even as we're talking about this subject, I know that this can be kind of, kind of hard for different people to navigate based on where you're at. I want you to know that there is absolutely no guilt or shame when it comes to mental health stuff. 
And the first thing you need to do is you need to acknowledge it. You need to talk to somebody about it. Talk to a counselor. Talk to, talk to the Lord about it. Find, find a trusted friend. Talk to somebody about it. If you sit there and stew over it by yourself, you don't get bothered to get any help. That's no good for anybody, all right? And don't feel any shame with that, all right? So the passage of scripture that we're gonna be in today is Matthew chapter six, verse 25 through 34. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and flip there. And we're gonna be kind of bebopping through that passage uh, and talking through different things. But Matthew chapter six, verses 25 through 34. This is in the middle of a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching principles about the kingdom of God. He's teaching principles about how, how life works and guiding principles for the church. And right in the middle of this, Jesus starts teaching us about worry. And so this is what he says in Matthew chapter six, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, the, see how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass in the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But this is key, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In Matthew six, Jesus is, I don't know if you picked up on the message that Jesus is telling us, but he's telling us very clearly, do not worry. Do not worry. And he actually subdivides this into five different categories that I feel like are actually probably the biggest categories. When we think about worry or if we're worried about something, these are probably the five categories that we would be worried about. But Jesus tells, says, don't worry about this. But these are, these are the five, five categories. First one, finances. Second one, food. Third one, fitness. Fourth one, fashion. And fifth one, the future. Now, if you think about something that you've been worried about, more than likely, it probably fits in one of those categories of things. In Matthew chapter six, verse 25, Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry. And the thing, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a code in the Bible. Anytime you see the word therefore, you kinda need to like rewind the tape deck and see like why that was therefore, right? <laughs> and, so, and see what's, what's before it. And in the verse before, in, in verse 24, Jesus says this, you cannot serve both God and money. In the financial category, Jesus is saying, don't worry about finances. You can't love both God and money. So don't overly focus and obsess over money. God's got it. He's gonna take care of it. 
it moves on into verse 25, and, and then we start breaking out into some of these categories. He says, in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, which is that food category, or about your body, which is that fitness category, or what you will wear, which is that fashion category. Jesus said, don't worry about food. And what you have to understand is the, the crowd that he is communicating to in this when he's saying don't worry about food is, an, is ancient times and very different than what we do nowadays when it comes to food. I don't know about you guys, you may go to Food Lion. Some of you that are bougie go to probably Trader Joe's. Um, I'm kind of in the Aldi camp where at this point I actually don't know the real names of things. Uh, I just know the Aldi names <laughs> for food products, right? Um, <laughs> and essentially, like, if I need food for the house, actually, real talk, if I need food for the house now, I place a Walmart pickup order, and they, and they drop it off, of, or they drop it off of my house, and it's great, right? Uh, anyone, anyone Walmart, right? We get, yeah, we get it, we get it. Um, but, in, you know, if I need chicken, or I need whatever, boom, here we go. Now it magically shows up in my house. This is, this is fantastic. Ancient times, not that way, not that way. I mean, like there weren't discussions around food supply chains, like that, that didn't exist, right? Essentially, if you didn't grow it or you didn't barter for it or you didn't kill it, you just were not gonna eat. And so that, that's kind of a bummer, right? Americans tend to focus on food and eating way too much. And then on top of that, we eat really bad stuff, like really, really bad stuff. And we probably should change that. I know that every, every Sunday after church, we have a, a group of us that, that have been here all day, and there's this giant discussion on where we're going to go eat after church. And literally, I'm not kidding, it's probably a 30-minute discussion on where we're gonna eat after church. Hear me say this, Americans worry too much <laughs> about food. We worry way too much about food. And Jesus is telling us, do not worry about food, right? He moves on to the next category, do not worry about your body. Don't obsess about your health. Now this is the thing, God has given us this body and, and, and our job, just like everything else, like our, our finances, all of it, we're supposed to steward it well and we're supposed to take care of it, right? So this is not, an, if, you, if you hear me saying, do not worry about your body and you're rocking it down at the Ryan's Buffet, all right, listen, I'm not saying that, all right? Does Ryan's even exist? I don't even know if it exists anymore. You get, you get the idea, you get the idea, right? God has given us a body to steward, take care of it, but there can be a line where we obsess over it and we worry so much about it that we obsess over it. Our bodies are temporary and our job is to focus on eternal things. Jesus moves on to the next category. He says, don't worry about what you wear. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would add to that, don't worry so much what people think about you. Don't worry about what people think about you. Now, fully real talk, when it comes to the category of fashion, I am not an expert to talk about fashion. I mean, I, at some point in my life, decided that a black t-shirt or a black sweatshirt and jeans and white shoes worked really great and it's kind of rinse and repeat and this is what we do every day. Um, <laughs> because fashion changes. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, I've lived long enough that fashion is now in this recycled pattern, right? Like, I never in a million years would have thought I would see Jenko jeans again. And like, does anyone, anyone know what I'm talking about with Jenkos? Yeah, 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 some of you guys relate, right? Like, it was a poor choice back then. 
Like, like, and honestly, with the price of things now, the amount of denim that's involved in that, I'm sure it's outrageous, you know? Like, why are we doing this again? Anyway, but I gave up on fashion a long time ago. But if, but, but if you're obsessing over fashion or you're obsessing over what people think about you, imagine if you took that time and actually focused it on the Lord. I think it would completely change the trajectory of your life. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Now I have to say, out of all the categories here that we're talking about, this is probably the category that I personally worry the most about. And Jesus is saying to you and to me, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about tomorrow. A younger version of myself worried tremendously about tomorrow. And the reason why is because starting my freshman year of high school, they start asking you questions like, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And you're like, dude, I just got out of middle school. <laughs> like, what? I can't answer these questions, right? A younger version of me was worried about where I was going to go to school or would I have a job that I would enjoy? And now, middle-aged Joe is worried, are my kids going to be good adults? Are they going to launch? Or I think about the end of my life and like, am I going to have good health at, at the end of my life? That future category, Jesus is telling us, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will, will take care of itself. Jesus tells us, he doesn't just tell us not to worry, but he also gives us a mechanism for, for us to not worry. In Matthew 6, 26, he says this, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus shows us that God loves us way more than the birds. And the birds don't worry. Um, I don't know if you guys have a bird feeder or anything like that. And if you set one of those bird feeders out and the squirrel gets to it and it's, it's, it's all gone, right? You don't have a whole line of birds just sitting there waiting like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? There's no food. What do we do? The birds just fly somewhere else and figure out food, right? They just fly somewhere else and figure out food. And God loves us so much more than that. God cares for us so much more than that. Now, I think there is a big difference between concern and worry. And this is probably the best definition I've seen with this. Concern focuses on challenges and moves us to action or moves you to action. So concern focuses on challenges and moves you to action. And concern is a mechanism that God has implemented to be able to push us towards good things. Like you may be hearing this talk and thinking to yourself that, you know, honestly, hearing about all this, I do worry a lot and my mental health is a little bit struggling. And you feel this tinge of concern about it. And that motivates you to get counseling. Well, that's a good mechanism. That's a good thing, right? Or you may be hearing this um, in, in regards to talking about concern. You know, I may be one day, you know, getting on a scale and realize I gained 12 pounds, and then all of a sudden concern shows up. How did we get here? <laughs> and then I look at my Amazon list and I'm like, oh, those Haribo gummy bears. I probably shouldn't eat all those Haribo gummy bears. By the way, I did not put on 12 pounds, all right? It's just a big, it's a big sweatshirt, all right? So. So you keep your judgy thoughts to yourself, right? But, but if I show up and I see a scale and it has 12 pounds on it, 
that concern over the situation may make better choices in my life as far as what I'm eating. So concern, it focuses on the challenges and moves us to action, which is super important. Now, pause real quick, small aside. I wanna talk a little bit about the voice of God versus the voice of the enemy. The voice of God versus the voice of the, of the enemy. I feel like that when the enemy is communicating with us or saying things, um, that voice usually feels like that I'm going in this direction and I'm stuck in this cul-de-sac and I'm stuck kind of going like this and there's no way out and I'm just stuck. The voice of the enemy usually is you're not good enough, uh, there's no, you're never gonna get out of the situation, um, it's just always gonna be this way, it doesn't matter what you do, it's always gonna be this way. Uh, that's, that's the voice of the enemy, right? And I feel like the voice of the Lord in our lives looks like challenge, but there's also an invitation for something else. And so you may, you may, the Lord may bring something to your attention. Hey, this thing, probably should think about changing this, right? Let me give you the next step on how to change that. That's usually the voice of the Lord in our lives. And the enemy has a heyday when it comes to worry. And the enemy has a heyday with us when it comes to um, like not being concerned about something but feeling like you're stuck, right? Worry focuses on what is beyond our control and always results in an action. It's, it's the, this kind of idea of like you're stewing over something and you don't do anything about it. And that's why Jesus asked the question in verse 27 of this, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? This is the thing, you worry and nothing gets better. Actually, nothing changes. And in fact, actually what happens is that your mental health gets way worse because, because you're worrying about something and it's taking up all that bandwidth. And when we're worrying, we're basically saying, God, I don't really trust you. God, I, I really don't trust your plan for my life. God, I don't believe that you are with me. God, I'm not really sure if you are good. And if there's one thing that I want you to walk away with today is that God has a solution for every one of your worries. God has a solution for every one of your worries. There's this quote by uh, Craig Rochelle, and, and this, real talk, this is a stinger. What, you're, what you worry about most reveals where you trust God the least. What you worry about most reveals where you trust God the least. Now that's hard. That's hard for me to hear. I'm, I'm not, I, I, know I, I know I'm putting this thing out there and this is challenging, but it's hard for me to hear that what I worry about the most reveals where I trust God the least. And so the question is, where are you worried? Is it a relationship? Is it a health concern? Is it a financial fear or, or maybe what the economy's doing? Is it a personal insecurity? Is it something that you feel like you're just not gonna measure up, that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes? Where are you worried? And then what do we do once we recognize that we're worrying about something. What do we do when we realize that we aren't trusting God in that area? 
Maybe we're not trusting God with our future or our finances. What are we supposed to do with all that? Jesus shows us, he gives us the answer because he loves us and he's gracious and he gives us everything that we need. He shows us the answer in verse 33. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says this, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus tells us that the answer to our worries is to seek him first, that we're to pray, that we are to seek him and ask him for his presence in our life, that we are to seek him and ask him for, for goodness, experience his goodness in our lives, and that all these things will be given to you as well. And our job is to put God first in our lives. And that's kind of the, the big question in all this is that is God first in our life? Like, is he the first thing that we move towards when we, when we wake up in the morning? When we, you know, we're managers of our finances, is God first in regards to our finances? When a problem shows up, does our mind immediately drift to, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Is he first in our relationships? That's kind of the real question. Now, this is the thing. There are three things that are true today about what you're worried about. There's three things, three categories um, that what you're worried about probably falls into one of these three categories. What you're worried about today, first of all, an outcome is that it may never happen. And that's a reality, that what you're worried about, what you're obsessing over right now, it may never happen. Researcher, researchers at Penn State asked people to document um, what they were worried about and how many of their fears actually happened in the next 30 days. <laughs> 91% of their worries did not come true at all. Like the things that they were worried about, 91% of those things did not come true at all. Less than 10% of what you worry about will probably will happen. But this is the thing, worry will 100% of the time rob you presently of peace. The peace that you have when you worry, you'll be robbed 100% of the time presently of that peace. And so when we talk about outcomes, uh, what you're worried about today, it may never happen. Or number two, it may happen and it won't be as bad as you thought. You may be worried about a job interview that you've got coming up or maybe you did the job interview and you kind of said some stuff that you probably shouldn't have said, right? It wasn't best for an interview, right? You don't get the job. It's okay. Life moves on. Life moves on. Or we're at Valentine's Day and you may be a single guy that finally mustered up enough nerve to ask that girl out. By the way, by the way dude, if you're sitting on the sidelines, you should ask that girl out, right? Anyway. And girl, you should let, make sure that guy you like, you should let him know too. But so you may have mustered up enough and said, hey, you asked, asked her out. She says no. It's okay. Life will move on. Life will move on, right? Or there may be this conversation that you have to have with someone that you know is really, really hard. You have to tell them truth and it's really, really, really hard. And you go and you have that conversation with that person and somehow out of it, you end up being, having a better friendship because you're honest and you brought it all to the surface. This is the thing, what you're worried about, first of all, it may not happen, or it may happen, it may not be 
as bad as you thought it would be. Or the third category, the third outcome that can happen is that it may happen and God will carry you through it. It may happen and God will carry you through it. Nine years ago, um, I remember I got a phone call from my dad and at that point, uh, he was kind of, he was in between jobs and so he was home and I got this phone call from my dad and he goes, hey, I just wanna let you know that, that your mom is, is feeling really, really bad and I think we're gonna, we're gonna take her to the hospital because she, she just doesn't seem right. We're gonna take her to the hospital. She's not feeling good. I said, okay, that's fine. Just keep me posted on what's going on. Um, they go to the hospital. They're trying to figure out what's going on with things. Kind of are not really figuring out what's going on. A lot of things are, are kind of changing little by little. And my dad goes home. And the next morning, he wakes up. He gets a phone call from the hospital and they say, hey, you need to know that, that things are, are getting worse. Her, her kidneys are starting to shut down and we don't really know exactly what's going on here, but we're gonna transport her from Simpsonville to Greenville. This is Greenville Memorial at the time. And 36 hours later from the first phone call that I got, my mom is in a medical coma. They placed my mom in a medical coma because there was so much that was going wrong in her body. Now, at the same time that this is happening, the church that I was a part of planting that had been there for years was going through an incredibly, incredibly difficult season. There was a lot of conflict going on, lots of confusion, a lot of unknowns of, of things of like what is right, what is wrong, all like that. And to be honest with you, in that moment, we didn't have a clue of how things were gonna go. We didn't know how things were gonna end. And at this point, you know, I, I don't know if you've been in a situation where you feel like you have war on all fronts, right? But you kind of have to figure out like which plate you're gonna keep spinning. And so at that, at that point, I decided to keep the family plate spinning, right? And so I would go every day to the hospital because my mom was, was in ICU and you can't, you can't actually go, go see people so much. And so I'm, I'm in the waiting room, I'd go to the hospital every day and I would drive into Greenville Memorial Park on the, park on the top deck and would wear my sunglasses going into the hospital and headphones because I didn't want anyone to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I had this playlist of three songs that were propelling my faith forward when I felt like I had no faith. Go to the hospital every day and what was interesting about the situation with my mom is somehow through God's grace, there would be moments in which we felt like that we, would pr we needed to pray for my mom for something very specific. So I'd get on Facebook and I let, you know, I let everyone know, hey, this is going on. Um, my mom is pretty connected with the, the community in Simpsonville because she, she teaches in the public high school over there. And so I'd get on Facebook and I would say, hey, like this situation's going on. I think we need to pray for my mom. And I would, I would always whittle it down to three different things, right? Three different things that we need to pray for, for my mom. And it was crazy because some, a lot of times we saw that the things that we started praying for, uh, we were about two days ahead of the doctors. So my mom's kidneys are shut down and I'm hearing what the doctors are saying. And it's like the Lord is saying, hey, we should pray for infection, right? We should pray against any infection. 
And so we start, I get on Facebook, we do that, we start praying against any, any infection that would, maybe would come out of this. And all of a sudden, the doctors two days later go, hey, by the way, we're going to uh, give your mom this medicine uh, because we're, we're worried about infection and all like that. And we were always a little bit ahead of the doctors. Now, my mom was in medical coma for several weeks. And, and what you have to understand about the situation, that it was that my mom was in perfect health beforehand. She was in perfect health 100% beforehand. So this all came completely from left field. It felt like that, that this made no sense at all. And as I'm sitting there trying to figure out what's going on, worried about my mom, worried if she's, she's gonna make it, and also worried about this church that I'm a part of and worried if it's gonna make it. There was a lot of opportunity for worry in that season. Now, my mom woke up from a coma. Her body started healing. Um, the doctors actually, we found out later on, uh, my mom is bilingual, she speaks Spanish and English, and one of the, uh, one of the people that, that works in the hospital came up to my mom later on and told her that the doctors essentially had written her off. They had said that there's no way that she's going to recover, like we're just kind of doing this thing, but there's no way that she's gonna make it. And I told, that the, the, the janitor lady had heard that while the doctors were talking. And the doctors were incredibly surprised by everything that happened, to the point that when they discharged my mom, my mom was thanking the doctors, and the doctors were like, we don't know exactly what happened, we just know that we try to put the body in a position to heal and we think God did something here. Like we think that something happened. One situation ended wonderfully. The other situation, the church situation, was a lot harder. And the end of that story was that that church didn't make it. The problems in that were so severe that that church actually doesn't exist anymore. You have two situations, two extremely different outcomes. Lots of prayer. But in both situations, God 100% carried us through it. Even with wildly different outcomes. Even where worry actually became reality. God carried us through it. And even though that church doesn't exist anymore, in the last nine and a half years, the Lord's been gracious enough to allow me to be a part of ministry where I've seen lives healed. I've seen marriages that would make no sense for them to be restored, to be restored. I've seen people that made decisions to follow Jesus. And two, two different situations, two different outcomes, and God carried us through it. And so when I say something like this, this final point, this final thing that I want you to walk away with, that God has a solution for every one of your worries. God has a solution for every one of your worries. Whatever you are worried about, God has a solution for it. And on top of that, I know from my life experience that he will carry you through it. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. 
And God, even when we have maybe so many things that could potentially be on our minds, Lord, you know those things. And you care about us. And you tell us not to worry. Lord, would you help us in that area? Would you help us not to worry about things? Lord, would you remind us of your faithfulness? And would you remind us that even if a worry moves into a reality, that you will be with us? Lord, I pray for anyone here right now that is maybe facing something that feels incredibly overwhelming. Lord, would you let them be aware of your presence right now? In the name of Jesus, would you let them be aware of your presence right now? Would you give them peace that surpasses all understanding of things and let them know that you're with them? And Lord, even as we leave here and we go about our lives, if worry kind of tries to jump on us, Lord, would you remind us that we need to let those things go, that we need to trust you with open hands, and that you will take care of all of it. Lord, we love you and we honor you. It's in your wonderful, holy name we pray. Everyone said, amen, amen. Well, church, we have prayer team down front. I would encourage you, if you want, if you want to receive prayer at all, please go down front, receive prayer. We love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.